0: I came across a phrase in a poem that I loved, and um, it was this. It was a reference to the shared world. So I'd like to read you this poem. um, It it sounds a lot like a story rather than a poem. It was written by um, Naomi Shihab Nye, who is an um, Arab-American poet and writes beautiful, beautiful things. This one is entitled, Gate uh, Gate A4. Wandering around the Albuquerque Airport terminal after learning my flight had been delayed four hours, I heard an announcement. If anyone in the vicinity of Gate A4 understands any Arabic, please come to the gate immediately. Well, one pauses these days. Gate 4, uh, Gate A4 was my own gate. I went there. An older woman in full traditional Palestinian embroidered dress, just like my grandmother wore, was crumpled to the floor, wailing. Help, said the flight agent. Talk to her. What is her problem? We told her the flight was going to be late, and she did this. I stooped to put my arm around the woman and spoke haltingly. "Shu dawa." Shubid hab habibtai. Stani shwe min fadlik Shubit suwei. The minute she heard any words, she knew, however poorly used, she stopped crying. She thought the flight had been canceled entirely. She needed to be in El Paso for major medical treatment the next day. I said, "No, we're fine. You'll get there just later. Who is picking you up? Let's call him." We called her son, I spoke with him in English. I told him I would stay with his mother till we got on the plane and ride next to her. She talked to him. Then we called her other sons just for the fun of it. Then we called my dad and he and she spoke for a while in Arabic and found out, of course, they had 10 shared friends. Then I thought just for the heck of it, why not call some Palestinian poets I know and let them chat with her. This all took up two hours. She was laughing a lot by then, telling of her life, patting my knee, answering questions. She had pulled a sack of homemade mamoul cookies, little powdered sugar crumbly mounds stuffed with dates and nuts from her bag and was offering them to all the women at the gate. To my amazement, not a single woman declined one. It was like a sacrament the traveler from Argentina, the mom from California, the lovely woman from Laredo. We were all covered with the very same powdered sugar and smiling. There are no better cookie. or There is no better cookie. And then the airline broke out free apple juice from huge coolers. And two little girls from our flight ran around serving it. And they were covered with powdered sugar, too. And I noticed my new best friend, by now we were holding hands, had a potted plant poking out of her bag, some medicinal thing with green furry leaves, such an old country tradition, always carry a plant, always stay rooted to somewhere. And I looked around that gate of late and weary ones, and I thought, this is the world I want to live in, the shared world, not a single person in that gate. Once the crying of confusion stopped, seemed apprehensive about any other person. They took the cookies. I wanted to hug all of those other women too. This can still happen anywhere. Not everything is lost. So I've been wondering, what do we do we all have, I think, this idea of a shared world, or maybe we don't. Maybe some of what we do is to think about that. Um, but how do we how do we move from where we are to more experience of that shared world? I would hold that the shared world is kind of like the the web of existence. Doesn't really matter whether you think about it. Doesn't really matter whether you believe in it or not. It just is. It is. It is a fact that everything that is, is connected. Um, but we often live as though we're trying to pretend that isn't so. So it, it, it's good, I think, sometimes to step back and think about how are things shared? Of course, when we're talking about sharing, we're talking about human beings and other human beings. But we're also talking about human beings and other animals and the plants. You know, Last month was Earth Month, which sort of grew from Earth Day, now it's a whole month. Um, but we think about how we, we're not just connected to the Earth and to the other beings and plants and rocks that are here, we are part of it. We are, especially, um, I'm, I'm going to say Western industrial kind of society, we tend to think, oh, he, there's human beings. And we act and make decisions as if we are independent of the rest of the earth. And in truth, we are not. And we're coming really hard and harder yet and going to get a little harder um, against up against the fact that We are not independent and our actions are not without consequences and those consequences will impact us. So we need to reimagine some of us or reclaim, recover, reimagine how we are in relation, how we share this world. I really like, um, I think I I mentioned it here, the phrase, um, the more than human world. Which I ran into in James Bridal's book, Ways of Being. Um, but I've, I've, I'm starting to see that being used in other places now, where people are, are writing sentences, and instead of just saying the whole world, they're saying the more than human world. Or when, instead of saying everyone, when they mean, you know, where the sentence would make sense if it was just talking about human beings, they're now intentionally saying the more than human world, which includes us. It's not us versus everything else. It's us and everything else—the more-than-human world. And and I love that Unitarian Universalism has been thinking about the web of existence, the interdependent, or I like to say, interconnected web of being. Um, so there, there's another poem that I that I've. Um, It's actually been posted on my office wall for a while, which I I do sometimes. I find things and I like them, I print them, I stick them on the wall. And then I don't think about them for a long time until I look up at them again and go, oh, look at that. Um, And this poem, um, I kind of want to put it in dialogue with Naomi Shihab Shihab Nye's poem. let me, let me just read it to you. I really like it. This is by Margaret Wheatley, who's another American writer and poet, and the title is Turning to One Another. There is no power greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Ask what's possible, not what's wrong. Keep asking. Notice what you care about. Assume that many others share your dreams. Be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. Talk to people you know, talk to people you don't know, talk to people you never talk to. Be intrigued by the differences you hear. Expect to be surprised. Treasure curiosity more than certainty. Invite in everybody who cares to work on what's possible. Acknowledge that everyone is an expert about something. Know that creative solutions come from new connections. Remember, you don't fear people whose story you know. Real listening always brings people closer together. Trust that meaningful conversations can change your world. Rely on human goodness. Stay together. I think what reminded me of this poem in the gate A4 was the sentence near the, near the end. It says, not a single person, once the crying of confusion stopped, seemed apprehensive about any other person. And this says, you don't fear people whose story you know. Real listening always brings people together. And in Wheatley's poem, she's talking about talking, using words, talking to each other, conversation. I love conversation. I'm not knocking conversation at all. But it strikes me that in that story of what happened that one day at gate A4 in Albuquerque, that the shared world was mediated not just by conversation. There was plenty of that. And there was a language barrier to be overcome first. And then there was lots of talking on phones. But then there was also sharing food There was eating together, and drinking together, and passing out the cookies and the apple juice, and the children getting involved, and powdered sugar everywhere. So it's people seeing each other, and passing physical things back and forth to each other, and eating together, and laughing, and finding new friends, and finding connections between each other. And I think we forget sometimes that we are more than just producers of words. I mean, I talk for a living, so I'm I'm one to talk. But um, we actually live in bodies, like like animals. Oh, wait, we are animals. <laughs> As animals, we live in bodies. We experience things through many different senses and different modes, and sharing the world has to involve all of those. We can't have a verbal conversation with the uh, crayfish in Tennessee that are endangered you know but they're part of our world they we need to somehow be able to appreciate the streams and the banks and the 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 chemicals that leach out of our homes and into their homes and um, we need to we need to remember that we share a world so because I had to send Jill a title for a sermon. (laughs) And I didn't wanna just say in search of the shared world, but I I have a subtitle, it says practicing spirituality and democracy and hope. Because these are the things, you know, I'm a UU minister. So these are things I'm thinking about a lot right now. Practice to me means repetition and persistence, and patience, and time, and attention. Uh, a, a practice is anything that you do with intention and attention, and probably do repeatedly. Um, it involves take, undertaking a practice, involves openness to learning, and the willingness to learn from mistakes, and perhaps a willingness to respond, or to engage with another or with an experience or with a possibility or with a new thought and that willingness to engage to respond comes always with risk we you know everything we do as humans is risky we sometimes that's another thing we try to sometimes pretend isn't real but it is it's a it's a risky thing to be human doing anything in this shared world so I'm, I'm going to make a case that the practice of spirituality, and the practice of democracy, and practice of hope, if undertaken consistently, will perhaps move us in the direction of a shared world. And and um, what I really like. Well, what I liked a lot about Gate A4, but one of the things that struck me is that she says, "This is the world I want to live in." She's tapping that desire, which is again, it's a—that's a. really prominent feature of human life. We want things and we get in trouble for because we want things and we get in trouble because we want things and pretend like we don't or we want things and we think wanting things is bad because somebody told us somewhere along the line that the want itself was bad. Um, But we want and um, because I move in a religious and spiritual tradition that does not tell me that human beings are inherently bad. We're not flawed. We don't come out of the womb and take our first breath already marked by sin in the Christian language. But we're good. Um, I tend to think that what we want points us in the direction of more good. I think it almost always points us in the direction of more connection with each other and with the rest of the world. So I love that she ends with, this is, this is what I want, oh, oh, and, and in that experience in that gate, she realizes that what she wants is a shared world, an experience that is shared And in that sharing, people are not just connected, but also enjoying each other. They are solving a problem, what to do with these four hours. Four hours in in an airport terminal? It's really hard. Most of you probably know that. Um, I think of those children passing out juice. And wow, they were probably so glad to have a thing to do. Um, But her desires pull in the direction of the world she wants to live in. It gives, she has an experience there where she discovers, oh, this, this. So the practice of spirituality, and that can happen in lots of different ways. I'm not, we're not going to go through most of that, but it's, it is, I think, a spiritual practice is anything. And I've I could give a whole sermon just with a list, just listing things that could be spiritual practices. It, it, there's a lot. It's a lot of possibilities. But anything for you, and let me say, what, what is a spiritual practice for me may do nothing for you. And what is actually spiritual practice for you might be really not of interest to me or even not good for me. So a, your spiritual practice is what helps you to learn or experience who you are and how you relate to the world, how you relate to everything else that is, how you fit. It's, it's um, in other language, it's, it, it helps you learn humility, which is not anything like humiliation. Some of you have heard me talk about this. But humility is about knowing, knowing your place and that language is weighted in our culture because it's often used to put people down, to tell them they don't belong. But true humility is knowing how you are connected to everything and how you belong, where you are. It's not about a lessening. It's usually about you are more than you think you are. Um, spiritual practices help you understand and experience and um, improve upon your sense of connection to everything else that is. It helps you to explore your power, your own power, and the power of all these beings and reality that you are connected to, to be part of all of that. So that's that's kind of big. And I am. If something feels like a spiritual practice to you, I'm. 98% sure that I would, if you came and talked to me about it, I'd say, Yep, that's a spiritual practice. So I think, and I think to see a shared world in an airport terminal gate is a spiritual practice. To write a poem about it is another kind of spiritual practice, for example. To find that shared world, that I think most of us dream about, that most of us want. I think democracy is really crucial. I'm kind of not opening my mouth to talk to any group these days without talking about democracy. I think you heard some of that from me last month. Um, democracy is the power or the agency of the people. It's all, the word's also used for a specific form of government. Um, which I think we're practicing very badly, and it's not actually very democratic right now, which is why I'm always talking about democracy these days. But democracy is about knowing and understanding um, how people, as people together, have power to make things happen, have power to make decisions that make things happen so it's really important to know and understand diversity and inclusion this is a, the practice of democracy depends radically i think upon practices of welcoming and including people and that's really hard because human beings we have wired in other parts of our brains um, tribal things about strangers are not safe you know somebody Somebody wailing in Arabic in an airport terminal is not going to be experienced as safe. Probably would have been a whole different story if it had been a man rather than an elderly woman. So to practice democracy, you have to think about things like this. And we have to try, um, we have to try to see in every moment what, what do we need to do here to welcome and include all the voices that are available. Um, whether we're making a decision or having a party, passing out cookies. Um, And then hope. Uh, Hope is, hope sometimes comes, it comes along after you do some of the other stuff. And it's really hard to do those other practices if you're not hopeful. It's interesting to me that you know, at Gay Day 4 in the poem, that story moves from, ooh, one pauses before answering a call for help these days, especially if it's got the word Arab in it. One pauses. It moves from that sort of, hmm, I don't know if I'm safe or not, into figuring out what's wrong, to experiencing what is possible. So can we, can we call somebody on the phone? Can we remind, how can we remind you that you're safe here? Let's call your son, let's call your other son. Let's call my father and you and he can talk and, and uncover networks you didn't even know, connections you didn't know were there. And on the way to feeling safer, to stopping the distress, to ameliorating the distress anyway, um, you create something in which we all end up covered in powdered sugar and really pleased, having yummy cookies and juice um, in the middle of a four-hour layover or unexpected delay. Um, so hope, I think um, <laughs> in some basic sense, uh, you, it just has to be practiced. You just have to decide that you're going to be hopeful. and that's really hard and that gets back i think sometimes to the spiritual practices and i always come back to what i think of as my my theological anthropology i philosophically and theologically do not believe human beings are horrible i believe we are born into grace and love and we, we are born to be connected to each other and to everything that is. So there is always the hope that this shared sense of the world can happen. It has happened before and it's happened here and it's happened here. And here's a poem about that and a story about that time. It has happened. It still happens. It isn't all the time, but it happens. So hope is not lost. And sometimes that is, that is just a choice, <laughs> to just sit with that, just to hold that. There is a choice and, and there is hope. Everything is not lost. So we talk and we laugh together. We look for ways to create community. We, we look for ways to eat together because that's always a good way, especially when there's yummy things involved to create. We pay attention to communication we pay attention to miscommunication and misunderstandings and do what we can to get over that, to work through it, to share and enjoy the world that we live in. And that's, that's where I am, because I know it's really grim today. I know. Gosh. The, the headlines, the... I go I go to look at the weather and I end up reading about shootings lately it's all shootings everywhere and complete strangers can find out that there is you know 10 10 friends in common six degrees of separation anybody remember that movie I loved that movie The the, the idea that none of us on this planet are more than six degrees of separation from each other. That's really close, actually, if you think about it. Um, It has happened that distress turns into a party. It has happened that fear of others turns into an opportunity to learn and connect and have a feast. This can still happen anywhere. Not everything is lost. So I'm hoping we'll all go forth from this moment and remember that and perhaps grow an extra little sensor for moments that look not so great that might turn into a shared world and maybe if you feel like it's safe enough for you go toward those moments and see if you've got if you've got cookies with you it might go better i don't know i personally can't carry around cookies cuz i would eat them all um, but just go you know if if you feel safe go T- go toward the distress and um, talking's always good Talking's always good, and when we hear each other, we are less afraid. I do know that from experience. Um, and sometimes all we need to do is just be willing to be with each other. We don't have to talk at all to death. We over, over-educated, and I think that's probably all of us in this room. We over-educated people sometimes get stuck in the talking. Um, but sometimes just, it's okay, I'll sit with you is what is needed, so it can still happen. It can still happen, and as long as there are beings in this world, that shared experience will emerge. It will, it does, over and over and over again, and it will continue to. And um, in, in, in this time where so much of what happens is distressing, I'm, I'm going to just. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to claim that it's important, it, more important than ever, for us to go and find those moments where it is joyful, and where we the, the moments where that we can pull out and say, "This, this is the world I want to live in." How many how many moments between now and when you're back here next Sunday, can you look around and say, "This, this is the world I want to live in." Sometimes we're there and we don't notice because we have a lot of other things on our mind. But I'm, I'm going to challenge you to notice those. And if you can be part of making them happen for other people, that's great, too. But even just noticing. It, oh, look, it's happening. Right here. It happened again. Oh, it still happens sometimes. So we are not lost. We are not lost. There's always hope. Oh, Amen and good luck with that project.